welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. I'm Missy Wansinger. And this week we are talking about Cobra Kai Season 3. We very, very recently did Cobra Kai Season 1 and 2 because Mike uh, persuaded me to do so by texting me that we should do an episode on those. Uh, he told me to watch it and I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. And then I, I knew I wouldn't. And then he told me we should do an episode on it and... I was like, well, you got me. So, uh, yeah, we, we did that. Episode on Geely, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. If you, guys, if you want to do an episode on Geely, I'll watch freaking Geely. I still vote just you two do English Patient. <laughs> just so you can know the torture that I've gone through. <laughs> See, I'm did immune to that. Did you finish it? Me? Yeah. You know, surprisingly, yes, as much as I fall asleep during movies, but I think it may have taken me a couple sittings. Like, I think I got like an hour and a half through it, and I was like, all right, I've got to be close to done. And then I saw there was like an hour and 50 left, and I was like, what the hell? So I think I just fell asleep and then came back and watched it the next day. I didn't care about continuity. It's a horrible movie. It didn't matter to me. Um, it's not good. We're still not talking about The English Patient, much to Missy's Damn it. Uh But we are talking about Cobra Kai Season 3. So Season 2 ended on a cliffhanger. Um, Miguel was yeeted off a balcony by Robbie and <laughs> broke his back and ended up in a coma. And uh, there was it was during like a giant brawl at a school, which was an insane thing to happen in a television show uh, about children. And uh, so we pick up this season where Johnny is kind of on the outs again. He's back to his drinking. He's um, lost Cobra Kai. It's been stolen from him by Cove. And uh, Miguel's family is furious with him over what happened because they, they're kind of blaming him. So he he starts off kind of on the outs and Miguel's in the coma. Miguel wakes up from the coma at the end of the first episode. Um, and that's uh, just kind of like dealing with the episode is titled Aftermath. So it's kind of dealing with the aftermath of the school brawl. And it's sort of like a, a soft reboot of the show this season is like, it's, it sounds weird to say that cause it's definitely con continuity, but like everyone's kind of back at square one again. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny doesn't have the, the dojo anymore. Miyagi does kind of shut down because there's like karate gangs now. And like, mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be associated with that. Um, so that's sort of the thrust of the show is kind of getting back on his feet. Like Johnny getting back on his feet, Miyagi do kind of really figuring out what they're about and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and then there's like a lot of drama with the kids because they all assaulted each other. And um, so they're trying to, to you know, deal with the psychological toll that's taking. Um, uh, what's the daughter's name? Sam uh, yeah. is having having a lot of panic attacks and anxiety uh, mm -hmm. whenever she thinks about the event and like sees Tori. Hawk is kind of torn between uh, he's he becomes sort of disillusioned with Cove and and you know, kind of figures out, is trying to figure out where he's he's at as far as where his loyalties lie because he's friends with Miguel. Miguel doesn't want anything to do with Cobra Kai anymore. He's with Johnny. Johnny rehabilitates uh, uh, Miguel and helps him with that. Elizabeth Shue's in this season. She shows up in the second to last episode. Mm -hmm. um, and the last episode, I think. Uh, yeah, and, she's in both. Yeah. And uh, Johnny and Johnny and Daniel have a, a lethal weapon adventure looking for Robbie <laughs> in this season. Um, there's a lot like we're not going to do an episode by episode. I'm giving just kind of a high level synopsis of it because 
uh, I guess we'll drill down on this more later. Like it's not as episodic as Mandalorian. So it's, it's, you mm-hmm. know, pretty continuous week to week. And also it's kind of, I, this is not a criticism, but it is kind of like the same thing. Like it's all just one through line. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the thrust of the season is Johnny's kind of back at square one. Miyagi do is back at square one because of the stuff. The kids are kind of back at square one, but they have all their cool martial arts moves now. So they like, they're fighting with each other a lot more. Um, like when they see each other in public, they're just assaulting each other. <laughs> and everyone's just fine with this. It's great. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Johnny ends up starting a, a new dojo and the season kind of ends without a karate competition this time. And uh, there's a huge brawl at the LaRusso's house and the the kids kind of figure out the the Cobra Kai kids and the um, Miyagi Do kids and the Eagle Fang Eagle Fang, which is Johnny's yeah. new dojo. The Eagle Fang uh, kids band together to realize that like Cove is really the villain here, and there's like a big showdown between Cove and you mean Johnny. you mean Crease, right? Or, yeah, sorry, Crease. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We get a lot of Crease's backstory in the season. Oh yeah. Um, with him being in Vietnam and and stuff like that. So, yeah, what did you guys think of uh, Cobra Kai season three? Uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I thought it was a step up from season two, um, which I think in the last podcast I said it was like a seven out of ten or an eight out of ten or something like that. Uh, I thought that it kind of addressed some issues from season two where I felt like uh, season two – Got a little flabby, but I actually felt like they kept the pace up for the most part this season. And um, I, I see what you're saying with calling like this season a soft reboot, but I I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that. I felt like it was, yeah, some of the characters are maybe dealing with some setbacks in a way that maybe brings them to where they were. But I think they're also dealing with like repercussions in the sense that what they were trying to do or what they thought was right, maybe necessarily wasn't right. And they needed to kind of go back to the basics. And I kind of liked that approach for the most part. I think they gave Danny uh, some of his best stuff um, of the show in terms of going to Japan and mm-hmm. kind of reliving parts of uh, Karate Kid 2, which I think is kind of unfairly maligned. But uh, anyway, I just think that like that, that stuff um is a good sign towards uh, the fact that the show is willing to go and address previous movies and things and incorporate them. And even if those things weren't well respected in the past, it makes them better by being virtue of being part of this show. Uh, It's not afraid. It doesn't shy away from its history. It just makes it better. And so um, I think that gave him some good stuff to work with. Uh, I think that it went back to the roots in terms of, Johnny and Miguel's relationship because I think that got a little bit lost in the shuffle of season two adding so many characters and uh, instead they kind of focus back in on that and that's really one of the big hearts and soul of the show is their friendship slash mentorship relationship and uh, I think that in general they didn't add too many characters this season so I let them kind of focus in on the ones that are existing and I think that worked to the benefit of the show, including giving Crease some of a backstory, which some of it was a little hokily filmed, but I <laughs> did kind of like. It looked like kind of LARPing Vietnam in some places. <laughs> but um, 
but I did appreciate them attempting to kind of flesh out what makes him tick. And yeah. I, I felt like it all led to a, a last episode that was really fantastic. I, that thing got me like hype, like some of those fights at the end. So um, I think it landed the show in a good place. And I felt like in general, it, it was a really good season. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I liked it better as well, uh, more than season two. And I do, I do kind of agree with the soft reboot thing, but I think more of like, the stuff that I really liked about season one, I feel like they brought back a lot of those themes in this one. Like the whole idea of like, like the the whole thing we start with Johnny is like, does your trauma and past define you or do you get to, you know, redefine yourself? That's what he tells Hawk initially and, and all this other stuff. And I feel like we see that a lot, whether it's with Crease and what happened with him or with, you know, Sam and her own panic attacks and things or what happened with Allie. You know, it's, I, I feel like we're seeing that theme played out really well. And in a way that doesn't feel quite as tired as season two did, even though, I mean, there were points in this where I was like, Oh cool. Johnny and Daniel are going to have a misunderstanding after having gotten together <laughs> over something. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of stuff. I'm like, cause I know that was, that was a complaint when we did the last podcast on it. Cause it's like, how many like freaking times can they be like, yeah, we get it. We're like very similar. And then like one stupid thing happens and then it's like all right now we're gonna like get to fisticuffs or whatever but you know apart from that um yeah i i have never seen karate kid 2 um and so i, I liked i kind of liked the way that they incorporated that stuff while also like letting me know what it is i know we kind of talked about this a little bit in mandalorian and like how some things were like i think this is important but i don't really know why and you're not giving me a ton of context and this one kind of like slapped you in the face with the context because it was like literally just showing scenes from the movies but okay. i'd never seen them so i i appreciated that um but yeah, you know, I liked that. I, I liked having Elizabeth Shue there. Overall, yeah, I liked it. Um, I I think I would have to watch them all in succession to see if I like it better than season one because I really did like season one a lot, but I definitely liked it better than season two. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this overall. So I was really surprised. Uh, oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was really surprised by my reaction to this season because for nine tenths of the episodes, there were moments actually almost exactly kind of like my um reaction to mandalorian season two where there were a lot of moments that are really great throughout the season but on the whole i was kind of like this is getting a little degrassy a little it's a little too like soapy which it was already pretty soapy to begin with and so mm -hmm. it was just like ah this might be going a bridge too far and then the last episode happened and the last episode is full of thematic payoffs and just like mm -hmm. dope shit mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh it's really good and it got me like it was it was like uh it's it was kind of like they pull me back in yeah. <laughs> um, i really 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 like the way this season ended and the way it like provides a lot of the way the the season the 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 episodes up to it support that finale is yeah. really really strong like i think we've talked about this before like the structure of this thing is super solid and i think this might be from a structural standpoint the strongest season i think i like season one the best mm -hmm. but i think this season is built i mean like a brick shit house man like it is <laughs> it is really solid and like yeah everything they do with yeah with daniel going to to, to osaka and um, just revisiting Karate Kid 2 and like setting up characters from Karate Kid 3. That stuff blows my mind. Every time they like introduce a new character, I'm just like, 
was everyone just like waiting in a cryo chamber for this to happen? <laughs> like, did they make some sort of weird pact in their contract that this was going to happen in 2019 <laughs> or 2018 or whatever? And everyone was like, all right, we'll stay in shape, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I really like that. I really liked all the, the, the crease backstory. Um, I like that they're, they're playing with the legacy to the, and once again, still only seen the first movie ever. Same. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes with, uh, the way, the way this season ended up. I think there's a lot of promise there. You know, they've said they have kind of a six episode season or a six season arc planned. And I was a little nervous heading into this one. Cause this felt like it could be a final season. Right. Yeah. But now where this ends up, like, bring it on man like I'm, I'm really excited to see where season four goes sure. and one to see the spectacle of seeing who they're gonna get like are, are they gonna get hillary swank on this damn thing <laughs> like Ooh, that'd be cool. they're going to actually yeah they're, oh my gosh <laughs> so i was i looked it up and they've talked about it but they will not say publicly whether or not they've talked to her people about it which means they've definitely talked to her people about it yeah <laughs> They did and, the same thing with Elizabeth Shue. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So they said that, like, if they want, if they want to, they like not that they can, but they will bring every character they possibly can back. Like that is written That's into cool. the DNA of the show mm -hmm. uh, at this point. So I think that would be super cool to to bring her in. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, and I mean, so far, I think they've done a really good job bringing in the old characters and. Mm -hmm. There was a real risk, for example, with Elizabeth Shue coming on, that mm -hmm. it could go a very predictable route because Johnny's got a good thing going with Miguel's mom, mm -hmm. and then he gets in a relationship or some situation with Shue, and then there's a misunderstanding or something, and he blows it up with Miguel's mom as a result. But they completely sidestep that, and they do yeah. something much smarter, and they use her like as a way to kind of address some trauma and some issues between Johnny and Daniel. And mm -hmm. it, it made it much better. And she's not like some manic pixie dream girl, like perfect yeah. person. You know, she like, like the one that got away and like who I want to be with. She's like, right. They're, they're, everyone's mature enough to kind of like move on and not just like dwell on the past. Thanks to her. And mm -hmm. I, I felt like that was really smart how they used her. And that would make me excited for Hillary Swank. And then also, I mean, I'm bringing in some Karate Kid 3 knowledge here because I've seen all three of the original ones now. Um, there's this guy, Terry Silver, who was the bad guy in the third one. He kind of worked with Kreese, like was funding him. Yeah. And he was kind of over the top, but I kind of liked him. Um, but anyway, now there's a potential that you're going to probably bring him back because... Yeah, they set him up at the end of the last right. episode. I'm like, I'm kind of excited to see that guy now, like their their take on him and what he's done and like mm -hmm. how he's going to factor into things. And it, it gets me excited and honestly elevates material that I think is like, eh, okay material and makes it pretty good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is like, it is such a good soap opera is the thing, yeah. and, but it's, it also nothing more than that. Sure. Oh yeah. But that's fine. Like there's a, and, and I feel like there's a very particular style of storytelling that, you, like it's hard to get right it's it's actually kind of hard to do what they're doing on this show and make it work because it would be mm -hmm. really easy to just like write it off and be like oh, okay it's just like you know like i said degrassi or whatever but right yeah um it's really like well thought out like these people know what they're doing mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I might to hit back on the Elizabeth Shoe thing because I was also like exactly what you said because that happens in I feel like every movie, every mm-hmm. TV show where it's like, oh, they went out on it. I I fully expected like Miguel's mom to like walk into the you know place that they were having their little date to, and then mm-hmm. it's like there'd be some big misunderstanding, and then no, no, no. Um, but no, it was nice. It, but instead, it was like this really nice because um, I mean you have to assume that he and Allie had some type of good relationship like he couldn't have just been a monster because she's too smart of a girl to have just put up with that for so long so it was really nice to kind of see oh i'm sure there were nice times in their relationship and it's nice to kind of you know flesh him out a little bit more bring her back and you know throw her bone now that she's off the boys spoiler alert um but (laughs) you know uh, so yeah i also i really liked i thought it was really well done it was uh you know, subverted my expectations for what I thought was going to occur in this little soap opera. And, you know, it was nice. I also shout out to Elizabeth Shue for like showing up and having a good time because I feel like there are so many people who just like show up for the paycheck Han Solo and uh, (laughs) they, they, you know, they're there because they're like, oh yeah, you know, it's a decent payday. And I'm sure, you know, with the the amount of money Netflix is pouring into the show now, I'm sure it's a decent amount. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was cool that she was, like, down. She was, like, really good in her two episodes. She didn't mm-hmm. overstay her welcome. She wasn't, like, overly showy, but she was, like, she was in it, you know? She was yeah. she did her job. And yeah. it very easily could have not been that, especially with the amount of buildup that they've been mm-hmm. doing to bringing her in. Like, that could be, that could have gone south really easily because they've been hyping her for two seasons now. Oh, yeah. Right. And yeah. most of a third season mm-hmm. um, before she actually, like, has spoken dialogue on it. But... It's really smartly written. It's really um, refreshing and mature to kind of see that stuff playing out the way it does in it. This uh, this season feels like a lot more mature all the way around as like the characters are getting older, including yeah. the adults and kind of growing up a little bit in ways that they hadn't, you know, because like I think that's one of the things that they've done a really good job of showing is Daniel and Johnny in this weird state of arrested development that's like cropping mm-hmm. out in this bizarre midlife crisis that they're having where they have like dueling karate cults like trying to kill each other in school yeah as one does when they yeah get and like that shit is ridiculous but they make they fa- find a way to make the need to thread the needle on that somehow yeah well i mean they give john uh daniel like that realization that he's just as old as miyagi was when he was little and the original right. product of the movie starts so they have like this this sense of um weight and responsibility and and almost like unfulfilled potential because he's not really where miyagi was at this point um so i think that that adds a lot of dramatic heft to it but then conversely i think this season of the show was a lot funnier too than it's been in a yeah. while um, really like, good jokes this season yeah like really good stuff i mean just thinking about because we're talking about elizabeth shoe and stuff but um johnny like making that like his uh, attempts on social media to go and talk to her and stuff like that was <laughs> yeah. so good um like that whole like long speech he goes and writes out and then like deletes it <laughs> and is like yeah i'm doing good how about you or something season, like that the season had my favorite ever johnny moment which is when he gives this speech that plants the seeds in the cobra kai kids heads uh <laughs> So like that, like, hey, maybe like what ha- what's happening with Crease isn't like the business and we should, you know, give this a shot. And he tells him, like, you know, if you want to see what being like a badass is really about, come to the park tomorrow or whatever. Mm. And then he like walks by and he just knocks this kid's books out of his hand. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, kid, old habits. Like he, he does it. And then but immediately is like, oh, shit, I'm not like I'm still I'm a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
yeah um so i i think it had like the right balance of um both of those elements and i think you know there's there's more emphasis on miguel and like his medical situation but the show gets over it pretty quick too it doesn't like it doesn't dwell on it too long to the point where in a more serious show it'd definitely be a dour thing like it would just go on and on and just kind of ruin the mood of everything else but um they mine the dramatic potential that could be out of it but then they also can get some of the humor into it too as you know johnny helps with his recovery and it's i think it finds that sweet spot that i think part of season two lacked i think season two became a little more serious and uh lost a little bit of the humor in the process and then i think this one refound its footing yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. It kind of um, reminds me of the opposite of how I felt watching like Thor Ragnarok, where it's like you don't know how to infuse a joke into this, where it's like something serious and then it's like fart joke. And it's like, oh, yeah. that was like fully inappropriate. But like with this, I, I think you made a, a good point, especially with Miguel's recovery, because it was sad. And like you feel mm-hmm. bad for this kid who's had everything stripped from him, presumably. But then it also like it kind of felt natural that Johnny's instinct would be here. Let me... <laughs> hold some porn over you with a fishing line and then that'll get you to like stand up. Like it it didn't seem out of character and it also didn't seem out of character for Miguel to like give it a shot to humor him with it and also try because, so I don't know, it's just like, it felt natural. Um, It it was good, but it was funny, but also felt like heartfelt and, and, you know, sincere. So I I agree. I think they did a really nice job of that. Yeah. And I I mean, and, and the D Snyder stuff made me laugh a lot too. Like him faking that he was a -A make-a-wish kid to sneak him into the concert. (laughs) Like that was so good. That was the most like Johnny move ever. Oh, totally. And and then like pulling out the beer that he snuck in, I was just like, ah, yeah, this is exactly who this guy is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Like they, they do such a good job of like, um, making them act how they would act. Like if they were real, they feel so real. Like, I feel like I know that guy. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I feel like I know Daniel. I feel like I know Johnny. I feel like I, you know, I knew kids in high school who were Miguel and, like, kids I've worked with in youth group who were, who were like that. Um, Yeah. And I think that lends, I mean, those characters are so, like, good and fun and they have, like, a really good time um, doing the show and it comes out, but not in, like, a a cheeky way. Um, Daniel Mm -hmm. this season gets a lot more to do, which I liked. Um, Yes. He finally has the realization, like, oh, I was starting Miyagi-Do out of spite, which is, like, right. not a tenet of Miyagi-Do. Like, right. that's not something I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so he finally kind of figures out the purpose of Miyagi-Do, which I think was what left a lot to be desired in season two. Not that season two was bad, but it did kind of feel like Miyagi-Do was just kind of there because they had to be, because mm-hmm. Daniel didn't like Johnny. And that was right. the only reason for them to exist. And now they like they've fleshed that out more and been like, oh, okay, now let's find like why Miyagi Do actually exists. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I feel like even the smaller characters, like I mean, his wife Amanda was given a little more autonomy yeah. and substance in this yeah. one. Like she was, she was like a little badass mom. I was like, good for her. She's not like the nagging wife anymore, where it's like, quit doing this, quit doing this because of the, like you know the car dealership. Like you know she fucking slaps crease and you know stands i like i laughed out loud when she stood up at that uh little meeting that they had to save it and she's like calling him a piece of shit or whatever she did I'm like, yeah good yeah. for you mom so i you know i was i was happy because like i didn't necessarily love amanda in the past seasons and i like she's still not my favorite but i was like she's given a little bit more too it's nice to see them all getting fleshed out yeah well and, and they're 
wisely avoiding making her into kind of like what Skylar was for Breaking oh, Bad. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it, it just kind of feels True. like she's like like a, yeah, a nag who's getting in the way of like the protagonists moving the plot forward. Right. And yeah. and then this, it's different. It, it doesn't feel that way because she's it's done playfully with her mm-hmm. and. She's now kind of also invested in this fight too, so right. it, it's taken on like a different form. And uh, you know, they they also have Crease like smartly kind of turn the tables on her with the whole slap situation. Yeah, so it, it furthers the plot in a way that doesn't feel like she's the nagging wife character who interrupts all the fun stuff from happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important decision to make with her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I will say there's some. There's some stuff that I didn't like with some of the character work. I think Amanda did a really good job. Sam, I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> yeah, kid actors. <laughs> she's rough, like as a as 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 a performer. And then she's one of my least favorites of the kids. I think. So I her think arc over low. this really bugged me because her whole arc in the back half is like you know, oh, I didn't save Dimitri from getting his arm broken. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole time everyone's like, oh, it's okay. There's nothing you could have done. You're like, you know, this isn't your fault. Except it's 100% her fault. Like, she's the one who circles up all the Miyagi-Do kids oh, to yeah. go fucking attack mm-hmm. these kids at the golf course, and it's never addressed. Mm-hmm. Like, right. She's never dealing with the fallout of that. She's dealing with the trauma of seeing Dimitri get his arm broken and feeling like she couldn't have done something to stop that except the thing she could have done to stop that was not go in the first place yeah. <laughs> yeah and like so it's like she's taking the complete wrong lesson out of it and then the people who are supporting her don't have all the information which is frustrating sure. to watch them be like oh it's okay and like as a viewer you're like no it's not she wouldn't attack <laughs> those people for no reason <laughs> like yeah they were being kind of like crappy in the golf place and like they stole the stuff from the 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 guy who Car worked wash. there Oh, the car wash thing, too. Oh, yeah, the car wash thing, too. But they're not going around just randomly attacking these people anymore. Like, they were the aggressors for the physical confrontation in that moment. Yeah. Mm. And so that was where I was just like, uh, I don't know about your whole deal in this second half of the season. (laughs) Yeah, I I heard that some people had some issues with Robbie, too. Um, I, I see more where his character arc goes and where it's coming from. Um, but... I also can somewhat understand the complaints about that, but I personally feel like Sam um, was probably the least served well um, this mm. season. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Just, it didn't feel like she had um, a, the kind of final realization of an arc, like you were saying MJ, because then it goes and shifts gears to she's back with Miguel and kind of like forming um, like, forging a repaired relationship between like the reasonable Cobra Kai people and Miyagi-Do, which Mm -hmm. is good, but it doesn't quite address like the trauma issue (laughs) Mm -hmm. that they had set up earlier. Yeah. 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 She's my least. Yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it again. She's my least. I don't think she's as talented of an actor as the other kids. Uh, And yeah. So I think the fact that I agree, she had probably one of the least fleshed out storylines was kind of like, uh, okay. That's fine. Robbie, to me, he did kind of just feel there this season. Yeah. Like I don't think he, I don't think he didn't, I, he didn't play as much of a thematic role as he did in the previous two seasons, particularly the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, he he kind of took a back seat. And I, but I was fine with like what they did with the character. It just seemed yeah. it was pretty thin, and it led to one of my favorite episodes of the season, which was the the lethal weapon adventure that they went on in mm-hmm. the, <laughs> in the minivan. Um, yeah, or finding the minivan, and like there's a lot of great stuff that happens in that episode, like of yeah. Johnny <laughs> and Daniel cash. hanging out, and like. Johnny getting the gas station snacks and Daniel like kind of judging him <laughs> for it and Johnny being like, well, fuck you, I'm going to eat this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, well, I think it was okay to take Robbie off the board for this season because I, I think that by virtue of what he did at the end of the second season, he kind of needed to go away for a little while. And he has to be separated from the other characters by virtue of being in juvie. So yeah, right. it, it doesn't well, really... Tori beefed up this season, so it's the female yeah. Robbie. Right. Yeah. So I think like he'll be primed for the next season to be mm-hmm. a bigger part again. And, and that's fine. Uh, I think he needed to be away from all the actions so he could kind of undergo his heel turn or metamorphosis or whatever. I'm OK more with his character arc than than, for example, Sam's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I um, think Sam's doesn't work mechanically. I think Robbie's does. He just doesn't have as yeah. much to do as he previously had. He's just not as much as much of a major player as he had been. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then I guess finally, like the last real major character to touch on is Crease. And I love Martin Cove. I think he's just like really fun in this role. Yeah. I, I like seeing him uh, eat scenery. It's just freaking great. Uh, and I like them trying to delve into what makes him tick. You know, he's still a psychopath who is basically, <laughs> you know, breeding a bunch of cultists, uh, children, but it, it like makes sense in this movie. Or, I mean, in this universe that uh, I can kind of see where he's coming from on these things. And it led to like, you know, a great showdown at the end of this season. I, so I, I just yeah. love like all that stuff between Johnny and Daniel and him. Uh, so I really liked what they did with his character this season after um, the second season introduced him well, and he kind of disappeared for a couple episodes and then he became mm-hmm. like a focus again at the very end. Yeah. And this one I think kept him as a, as a running threat and I enjoyed his presence throughout the season a lot more yeah. than the second one. Yeah. The, <laughs> they got me with the Vietnam thing, the first little flashback when he's in the diner and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's him. And then I was like, Oh, he's a little wimpy kid. Right. Like, okay, this is actually kind of interesting. So, so that yeah. jock kid is played by Martin Cove's real son. Dang it! I knew. I was like, he looks so much like him. How'd they get it to look like him? <laughs> yeah. So the, the that fake I know, out. Feels bad. I was like, I was like, oh hey, that was a pretty good fake out. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh that was a fantastic fake out because they got the yeah. guy who literally looks exactly like him because he's related to him. Yeah. To be that character. Mm-hmm. And, and but the somehow... guy they got looks yeah. like him too. I know yeah. that's the crazy thing. <laughs> like that was guy he also, also related worked. to him somehow. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I like the flashback stuff. Like I I always like having a good villain like fleshed out because uh, villains. I mean, ever since I was little, have been some of my favorite characters, and they're always way more interesting when you can kind of understand. At least, I mean, even if it's wrong, you can understand why they're thinking and doing what they're doing. And so, like, that, that to me is way more interesting than just he's, like, evil and he just wants to, like, make an army of children. It's like, no, he, like, you know, there's there's something there that he thinks he's doing, you know, semi-right. Mm-hmm. So, that, I don't know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I will say it does lead to, and not a bad thing, but, like, it did make me laugh. It goes full Star Wars in the last couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, so, like, <laughs> like, Sam is talking to Miguel about how he should join Miyagi-Do because it'll, like, 
because Miyagi was talking about like it'll help balance your darkness or whatever. And oh, I was like, yeah. wait, what the what? what? <laughs> really? Are we really going here? And then that final showdown with Johnny and Daniel and Crease and Robbie is just like <laughs> it might as well be a throne room scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was listening to the soundtrack for the show, and mm-hmm. literally that throwdown. Uh, the title is "Duel of the Snakes." Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like okay, you know what? You guys know what you're doing, and, and I love it. Like I love how they're just like owning it. Um, they're aware. That's great. It, it, it's corny and it's cheesy and you know, like there's no way on earth any of this would happen, but like they exist in a separate reality where like people sure. don't communicate with English language. They use karate and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you have like the, the ch- children showing up to affect public policy. And- oh yeah. Cause that works. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You can't vote. <laughs> like- <laughs> you know, but I, I see, I actually kind of bought into that more because people go and use children as props more than ever for policy and political stuff like you know think of the children or greta thunberg or, or the big like all... cities lady <laughs> oh, gosh yeah <laughs> in, no, in yeah, there are characters in yeah and so i was okay because i felt like if one of the reasons why they're banning that tournament is because of what happened to miguel it would i think would make some sense that miguel shows up and then is able to convince them by saying hey like you know, it's just still happen, even though you're doing this for me. So I was okay with it. Well, yeah. again, within this world, it made sense. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It, you kind of have to turn your brain off a little bit, um, your critical mind. Same thing with, like, the, Miguel's recovery from, like, breaking his entire, like, spine or whatever. And it's like, yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is working. This is yeah. how uh, physical therapy works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was fine. It was cute. Cute little uh, montages, so. <clears throat> so... Two more characters, one who is not not present, which I'm sad about. Aisha's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I was sad about that too. I missed I her. her. I kind of felt her missing from it in certain spots where it was just like, also, I think if Aisha would have been there, Sam would have had something to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that yeah. she was hurt by Aisha missing. I agree. Um, and then Hawk. So Hawk oh, right. has arguably the 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 biggest arc, even though he's not like really a focus of the season mm-hmm. he's where he starts and where he ends up is a bigger journey than almost any other character because mm-hmm. he starts all in on the cobra kai ethos right like he's he is essentially the leader of cobra kai at yeah. this point and he's the one pulling all the strings he's the one like leading them to do like petty crimes and stuff mm-hmm. and then Johnny speaks to them at the at the school and then Robbie shows back up to Cobra Kai and Kreese's attention kind of switches mm-hmm. to Robbie and Hawk is kind of like, oh, so this guy doesn't actually care about me at all. He cares about just like having a puppet no matter who it is. Right. And it kind of that kind of switches in his brain. And so during the final showdown at the LaRusso's house, mm-hmm. he kind of comes to the realization of like, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is the one who kind of calms everything down and then uh tori like goes and talks to tori and tori's like out she's like no i'm not hearing this like i you know you're a traitor now and so are all of you and like this ain't over and so it sets up like you know tori and robbie are going to be the, kind of the only two cobra kai left mm-hmm. um after all the dust settles but this is all because of hawk and like 
you know, right. we got to remember that Hawk starts as like the kid with the cleft palate scar and sure. like this was born out of his insecurities and he's kind of reclaiming that and like rekindling his relationship with Dimitri, which like they've, they've set the seeds, uh, they planted the seeds for even as far back as season two, like before Dimitri roasts him at the party or whatever, mm-hmm. he tells him like, oh, do- the Doctor Who's a female now. And he's just like, no way, really? You know, like he's, you right. can see that, that that part of him is still there. Yeah, right. Uh, so what did you guys think of Hawk's arc over the season? Go ahead, Missy. Um, I I liked it. He's he's an interesting character. He's one I, I didn't think I would like very much. Like, I mean, I thought season one he was cool. I I didn't like him as much in season two because he was such a dick. Um, and you know, season three he did really have. I I agree. I think he had a really nice arc and kind of a nice coming around. Um, I like those seeds, like you said, that they were kind of planting throughout. Of like, you can tell that this is still kind of like a scared little boy who's hiding behind this big thing that he's built up for himself, but it's still kind of just like a nerd who wants to, you know, hopefully, you know, still do good and be good. But you kind of see that getting less and less as Tori comes back and kind of influences him in the really bad way when he's breaking arms and all that shit. But um, yeah, overall, I I liked it. And I I like the kid's performance always. I think he's a talented young actor. um, So I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah. uh, I I liked him. Uh, He's, uh, definitely one of the highlights in the show, even though he's not really like the main character. Um, I, I liked seeing him struggle with kind of realizing slowly that he's the bad guy. Um, you know, I think one thing that we haven't commented hey, on <laughs> um, is uh, Dimitri, like in his relationship, I think is is pretty good. And, yeah. and kind of how like the slow shift in power where Dimitri becomes kind of the cool kid. At yeah, school. that was really um, good. Taught new girlfriend. <laughs> Right. That was cute. <laughs> that that was that was funny and cute and um you know I think that while that's not like one of the major reasons for his ch- transformation um or turn back to the good guys I did appreciate how um it's kind of like the the coolness of him is wearing off on people and people are recognizing hey he, he's kind of a dick <laughs> and um I enjoyed his his turn in this. I read somewhere that some people thought that it was a little sudden or quick, but I felt like the seeds had been planted there for most of the season and I was good with it. Yeah. Also, um, that kid's a good little martial artist, man. Yeah. I think Uh, he's the only one that actually has, um, some training in it versus some of the others. It's obvious. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, it was, it was stuck out to me to the point where during that final showdown, I was kind of like, Oh, if he sticks with this, I could see him being like an American kind of Jason Statham-y guy. Like he's got, mm. I feel like he's got the presence that Jason Statham has, which I admittedly think is maybe not much, but like, um, yeah, no, I think he's got presence. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with hey, you. He's okay. great in Spy. If you haven't seen him in Spy, he's fantastic. I have not. Oh, Spy is very funny, by the way. It, um, it should be stupid, but it's very good. And he's great in it. He is good anyway. in those Fast and Furious movies. Like, he has good chemistry. He, mm-hmm. I like watching him bounce off people more than I like just watching him. Right. Well, so Spies him solely comedically. It's like, think of, like, Russell Crowe and what is it, The Nice Guys? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that. It's like something that should be action-y, and it is kind of action-y, but it's mainly just him being, like, comedic. It's very good. But anyway, carry uh, on. I do like that. I like I like when someone plays against type. Like, I'm a yeah. sucker oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I could see, like, Hawk having, like, a really good action movie career yeah um, mm-hmm. the older he gets like he's really really good he does some moves in this where i was like oh he did that like that yeah. was that was him and he knows how to do it and actually i think all the kids with the exception of miguel which sucks have gotten <laughs> really good at the fake combat yeah i agree with you <laughs> um i think that they 
all sell it fairly convincingly and it, it's uh i think improved season to season too with them yeah 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 and it's hey, cool to see he broke like, his back sir give him a break <laughs> okay <laughs> so that's the part i'm talking about the most so they they illustrate <laughs> his fight to come back to consciousness as like a literal karate fight he's having mm -hmm. in his head yeah and he's terrible in that scene. Like, yeah, that, that was the uh, like probably the worst so staged fight in the series. <laughs> he's, like, he's like kicking and like punching this kid, like this this dream kid that he's fighting for for consciousness, uh -huh. uh, the great beyond maybe. And uh, <laughs> he he he's just missing by a mile. Like, but they're supposed to be landing. And you can see how much space is between the 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 punch and. Uh, where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was the worst choreographed fight of the series so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that last showdown, I'm going to camp on that a little bit longer. Uh -huh. It made me laugh really hard when it started because this kid just gets yeeted through a window. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was just like, what? Like, like, you know what reminded me of uh like the like uh terminator or not terminator uh the ninja turtles movie the first one in like the mm -hmm. you know from the 90s mm -hmm. uh because there's that part where like Raphael gets like thrown through the sunroof or something like that inside <laughs> uh -huh. like april's apartment and like then like the big brawl fights that's that's what i think of yeah <laughs> it just like because this the scene starts with like the karate or the the, the miyagi-do and the cobra kai kids meeting up and like or and the eagle fan kids meeting up to be like okay we got like cobra kai is getting out of hand right. and they're like trying trying to figure out what to do about it and there's like a cat meowing and one of the kids is like oh your cat wants in and he like opens the door and it's like very obvious he's gonna get attacked so I thought you would just hear like the sounds of someone getting beat up and then nope, he comes from the opposite side of the room he exited through the window. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. <laughs> and it just made me laugh so hard, like how immediately destructive to the LaRusso's property this scene was. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you know, there's something else I want to touch on and not like I want to harp on it for too long, but, um, there's a, like their greatest transition ever, I think in this show, which is, uh, the scene where Kreese like threatens to go and cut off, like chop off like the finger of Tori's landlord. Oh, yes. And then it's it goes and like smash cuts to like, what was it? Like the, the like hot dog or the something dog. like that. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, cutting a hot dog. Yes. Oh, I, I laughed so hard at that. That was great. <laughs> it was, and it was a really good edit too. Like it, it was jolting. It was <laughs> such a hell. I mean, it, this is gonna like go with me on this. It was yeah. base. It was this show's version of the Lawrence of Arabia blowing out the match sunrise. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to go there too, but did not oh want to compare gosh. that great work to. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm going to say? This is also a great work as well. <laughs> yeah. Cigar but also, hot dogs. Here, here's this wonderful shot of like a sunrise over the, you know, the desert yeah. compared to a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, oh, so I think that the biggest section that we haven't talked about is one of the reasons Daniel um, kind of rediscovers the purpose of Miyagi-Do is for some political reasons, which this season is a lot more political, which I kind of mm -hmm. like. Like you get to see a lot of the more business stuff that LaRusso Otto has to deal with, like with competitors and mm -hmm. yeah. and stuff like that. There's like a cool like detour for two episodes where he goes to Okinawa to 
revisit kind of where where he went in in the Karate Kid Part Two, um, which is Miyagi's village that he grew up in, and finds out that it's kind of a strip mall now, basically, and uh, meets up with a lot of the characters from that uh, mm-hmm. that, that that movie, in including the villain and mm-hmm. that guy is awesome <laughs> yeah yes he, he was fun um uh, so they do this thing okay, where so his he, name is chosen am yes. i saying that right was that it okay yeah. I was like, that's what i thought he was saying and i was like okay cool <laughs> um, with a z chosen yeah. oh well yeah. that's that's cool um so he, he meets up with like the love interest from that movie and they kind of reconnect and hang out. And then she brings the villain in and then is like, okay, you two have fun. And so now these guys are stuck hanging out together. And it was really great because the villain guy is like mad dogging him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go fight and he does like the Miyagi version of the five point palm exploding heart technique to, <laughs> yeah. to Daniel. Um See, I was thinking and, it was like from Avatar: The Last Airbender when he takes away Fire Lord Ozai's bending. I was like, "Oh, oh boy, yeah. he's bending!" <laughs> yep. He slaps like his his chakras, <laughs> whatever. Walks yep. And then he like does the move to Daniel that Daniel does to him in Karate Kid 2. and then he just like boops his nose. He like he like <laughs> tweaks his nose, and his whole demeanor yeah. changes. That whole arc was so fun to me. That was mm-hmm. So cute. Well, and I really liked how. Um, they found a sensible way to make uh, Daniel go to Japan because right. everyone was talking about how like, oh, he's going to be going to Japan and go to Okinawa and all this stuff. And I kept on trying to figure out like, what's the reason? And right. they found like a sensible reason in terms of the business stuff to yeah. get to what they really wanted to, which is the karate stuff. <laughs> um, but it didn't feel like as forced as I thought it was going to. And I, no, I, I applaud them for like giving a, a good reason for it. Yeah. What's the name of the car company? Uh, LaRusso. Uh, oh, the Toyota. Yeah. Uh, but, Hold on. I had it somewhere. It's something like, with a D, though. It's like Toyota or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, yeah, it's like Toyota or something so, like that. I don't, did you guys watch... Um, uh, uh, oh, gosh. What's it called? Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Oh, Toyota. No. Stupid. Toyota. Yeah. Dumb. Toyota. <laughs> So there's this weird subplot, actually. Let me, let me, let me. Uh, there's this stupid subplot where uh, t- Toyota, like, cl- cloned. Man, this is going to annoy me. Toyota, yeah, like, there, there's clones, maybe. Uh, okay, hang on. Kimmy. Schmidt. It's been a second since I watched it though, so that could yeah. my misremembering. I didn't even remember all Mandalorian and I had only watched that like a month before. <laughs> yeah, okay. So they cloned Eli Manning um to do Toyota commercials so that he <laughs> could do them all the time and not have to take breaks from football. But the clone came out kind of shitty, and he can only say one word, and that word is Toyota, except he can't even say Toyota. So he just goes, Toyoga! Yeah. And <laughs> Why do I not remember that? all this? I could think whenever they said the name of the freaking car company. Toyona? Anyway, all that to say, every time I heard Toyona, I just heard it in the freaking Eli Manning clone's voice. Uh, 
It was such a dumb name. I that was like yeah. <laughs> it got under my skin in a very weird way. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about with uh Cobra Kai season three? Uh no, I think it pretty well covered it. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think that when you go and compare this after three seasons to Stranger Things, I am way more down for this than more Stranger Things. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. Yeah, that'll do it for this episode. We'll be back semi soon with I think Mank is next. Maybe a lot of this is getting slash Fincher. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that will be uh, myself and Missy and uh, Jordan Fulmer, and that'll be a good time. And then after that is Tenet, and then I think we'll have some other stuff to talk about after that. But we haven't talked about anything beyond that. So, um, yeah, we're just playing catch up with the the 2020 releases uh, now that they're actually available. To, right. to watch for a, a decent price. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. That's where I do a lot of my social media interactions these days. Uh, you can find me co-hosting Let's Jaws for a minute on any podcatcher of your choice. Um, Spotify, Apple, you know, you know where they are. Google, you know how to use the internet if you're listening to this. So... <laughs> Uh, go go find that. Uh, it's a it's a minute by minute breakdown of my favorite film of all time, uh, Jaws, and I co-host that with Sarah Buttery from Jump Cut Online. Uh, yeah, you can buy our merch, but you can find all that stuff there. Um, we're working on merch for Real Perspective. That'll be out sometime this year. I don't want to commit to a hard date yet. Uh, you can buy us a coffee at uh, .com. uh not yet it will be by the oh. time this goes up though because there's like this is like four episodes away sure. um so yeah you can go to that uh potentially it's ko-fi.com slash uh real perspective i'll just i'll edit myself in like yeah, i did at sure. the end of this whole episode uh which you guys haven't heard yet but um <laughs> we forgot to say we're the bad guys so i just did that uh <laughs> and and dropped it in um nice. So, yeah, you can do that. Uh, Mike, do you want to plug your book? Yeah, The Ashen Prophecy on Amazon in paperback and Kindle edition. Missy? I have nothing to plug. I don't go on Twitter uh, for good reason, I think, but, you know, that's it. Support local art. Support my friends. They're good artists doing good things right now. They're doing good podcasts and writing books and stuff, and I'm sitting here in my closet, so... <laughs> you're not doing nothing i'm i'm molding young minds and working with at-risk youths i think i'm just cool. gonna say you're molding i mean that too uh i'm working on a lot of puzzles that my cats like to destroy so follow me on my instagram story when i take a picture of my puzzle that i'm working on Finger guns. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Corey Tyndall does the music for this podcast, and he has an album out under the band Restless Body Syndrome. It's an EP. Sorry, everyone. Uh, It's called Lockdown. I wonder why. Um, (laughs) And uh, by all accounts, it's better than the movie with the same name (laughs) (laughs) that just came out with Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel G4. So if you didn't like that movie, check this out and maybe it will redeem the phrase lockdown for you because that's something that needs to be redeemed after this year. Yes. Um, Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. So I don't have to do it next time. Uh, We're the karate guys. Ooh. Cobra Kai.